Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome, everyone, to the SI Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Traina. Big episode this week. We've got Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan, who recently jumped from WWE to AEW. So for you wrestling fans out there, we go uh, into the decision on Brian Danielson making that move and reflects on his time in WWE and talks about what he's looking forward to in AEW. We have Andrew Marshan from the New York Post, who a lot of you have requested. We get into the... Peyton and Eli Manning show, the ratings, what's worked. We talk about Al Michaels headed to Amazon, apparently. Uh, and we also discuss Gus Johnson's return to the NFL and then the ratings, good ratings news across the board for NFL and college football. And then the train of thought segment with Sal Licata, where we uh, cover some of the sports news items going on and a couple of other uh, pop culture things. So that's all on this episode. Before we get to it, just a reminder, if you missed any previous episodes of the SI Media Podcast, go into the archives and check them out. Jimmy Kimmel and Cousin Sal were on last week. Tony Romo, two weeks ago. So if you missed any either of those pods, go into the archives, give them a listen, download, subscribe to the podcast. And uh, if you leave a review, I will read it in the Train of Thoughts segment. All right. So we got Brian Danielson, also known as Daniel Bryan, followed by Andrew Marshan, followed by Train of Thoughts on this episode of the SI Media Podcast. All right, joining me now, one of the more popular wrestlers out there and uh, made big news recently, jumping from WWE to AEW. Got a lot of buzz for that. He is Brian Danielson. Brian, how's it going? Going great. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for coming on. Is it? Um, are you getting a lot of people, I assume most people are still calling you Daniel Bryan. What's, what's going on with the name now? Is it a little confusing? <laughs> 
Well, it's weird because for a long time, people who have known me, I've been wrestling since 1999. And I was Brian Danielson for 10 years before I was in WWE. And so for a long time, my friends who had known me before had a hard time calling me Daniel Bryan. Like people on commentary would call me, oh, and Brian's out there doing this or whatever. And I guess that's Daniel Bryan's last name, but it was kind of weird contact. So uh, it is, I'm sure it's hard for fans, for sure. Especially because obviously WWE introduces you to millions of fans, but uh, for most of the people who know me, it's, a lot of people just call me Brian anyways, so it's not too hard of a deal. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I'm sure for some people it's tough. For me, it's not a thing. I've, I'm just like, I've signed autographs as Daniel Bryan and Brian Danielson. I'm not I'm not worried about it. I'm not ashamed to admit I was a big Total Bellas and Total Divas fan, and obviously Nikki and Bree on the show always called you Brian. So that was always... That always threw me for a loop since you were always Daniel Bryan in WWE. So, yeah, but like that was like the introduction to Daniel to Brian Danielson. Yeah, well, what threw people more for a loop is when somebody like Cody Rhodes would call me Dirty Dan, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> thrown way out of whack. Yeah. So let's start with just the basics. It's pretty simple. I mean, I think you may have done it before, but for anyone who's a little bit unfamiliar, why? the jump from WWE where you were for a very, very long time to AEW, which has obviously a ton of momentum going for it right now. Yeah. I, uh, there's not an easy answer. You know, uh, most of the difficult decisions in life are very complicated, but at the end of the day, it came down to two things. And it was, uh, one was just the excitement of it, right? Like, uh, there's something about it as I thought about it, as I weighed the decision, that made me a little scared to go to AEW. Like, I was so comfortable in WWE. I had so much fun, and I loved it there. But there was something that I, I saw, and I was just like, oh, that excites me, but it also makes me a little bit nervous. And sometimes that's a good sign that it's something that, like, hey, you might be a little bit too comfortable in your life. And, like, let's go try something new. Let's push your boundaries. And and I guess that's the other thing, is that, is that I really wanted to be able to this is probably going to be the last full-time run of my career. And I really want to be able to push the limits of what I'm able to do. And, um, and AEW uh, is really good at that. You're going to have to, like those guys are, are doing so much incredible stuff that if you want to be at the top of AEW, you really have to elevate your game, you know? And so that's, that's, that's kind of where it's at. Did you have any, um, so what I'm looking for, trepidation or concern of debuting so close to, you know, right after CM Punk, did you did you think it would have been maybe better to space it out? Do you think any of, I mean, to have you guys debut back to back, obviously for AEW, enormous, but did, did was there any thought process like, should we do this one week after Punk or should we wait a little bit and get as much, you know, juice as we can? So I leave that kind of stuff up to the businessmen you know what i mean like uh the hardest part for me was just making the decision and then once i made the decision i told tony khan i said hey whenever whenever you need me you know what i mean whatever you whatever you think is best you know uh and so i thought it worked out really well i think the compounding surprises and the compounding debuts really like just pumped a lot in right away uh, you know, and not just, not just me and punk, you know, but also Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was, 
I think All Out was a pretty, a pretty incredible event and uh, an enormous success. Yeah. So what are you most looking forward to doing here in AEW? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's so I have a whole laundry list. One, I feel like my match uh, against Kenny Omega feels like the biggest match in my career. You know, it's like uh, it's this huge shift for me as far as uh, a new company. The first time I've wrestled a match outside of WWE in over 10 years, it's against the guy who I've watched. Like, you know, I, I watched outside stuff while I was in WWE. I love wrestling. And you watched, I watched Kenny Omega in Japan just become one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I was just like, man, one day I'd love to have that match. And now I'm actually getting it. And there's also this idea of if, if we do a great job, like, and I'm not just me and Kenny, but if the whole crew at, uh, at AW Grand Slam does a great job, there's going to be a lot of new viewers. And that's a lot of, that's a great opportunity to build to build more momentum for AEW. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that because it feels, it feels so huge and like a, an enormous moment. Um, but I'm excited about wrestling. There's a lot of people I haven't wrestled before. And one of the, one of my decisions too was, you know, in, in WWE, I'd wrestled, you know, I'd wrestled most of the people on the roster. Um, and this is like, there's a ton of people I haven't wrestled or a ton of people I haven't wrestled in over 10 years. And it just seems excited. You know, there's, uh, there's the, the veterans like um, John Moxley, who I'd love to do, do one with, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho. There's those guys. But then there's also the, the young guys. The, of course, there's Darby Allen and Jungle Boy and those type of guys. But Dante Martin's 20 years old, right? And like getting in the ring. I remember being spry, right? One time I, <laughs> I wasn't as spry as Dante. Martin, he's really spry, but like, uh, but yeah, but you know, getting in, getting in there with those guys and pushing them and, and them pushing me because it goes both ways. I think you're still pretty spry. I mean, you've had so many, obviously, you know, big injuries, but you, you're, you're still pretty, you, you can, I mean, yeah, I think you have to be of a certain age to be well, spry, but I think you can still pass for spry. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I do well, given, given the circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you've only been in AEW, obviously, a little bit. Uh, you still have to have your first match. When this comes out, you would have had your first match. Um, but give me, what are you noticing biggest differences between WWE and AEW from sort of backstage, creative, production, anything like that that, you, that you're noticing? So it's, it's a little more relaxed. Uh, you know, people, people are walking around, uh, I don't know less a little bit less stressed i would say <laughs> sometimes you know in wwe like uh you know i've had a lot of great times in wwe but sometimes there are some more stressful moments i haven't seen that yet in AEW, although i'm sure there will be i mean anytime you're producing live television there's going to be stress and whenever people are competing for positions there's going to be stress uh there's also like the difference like i i love I love Vince McMahon. I do. I, he, he's great, but he's very stoic. Right. So like, uh, and, and when I went out right before at AEW, Tony Khan was like, Brian, let's go. <laughs> Never got that from Vince. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I mean, I had incredible conversations with Vince and, uh, and you know, like when he gives you his approval, it's just a different it's a different form, you know, but it's, uh, but the, 
<laughs> when I saw Tony there and like he's like wild eyed and like so excited. It was it was funny. Give me, I mean, listen, you, you you said obviously the stress is a little less there in AEW. I would assume, I don't want to be a bad host and, and put words in your mouth. So you can, I would assume a lot of the stress in WWE has to do with Vince. I mean, he's this mythical figure at this point in, in the world. Give me like, shit if you can, give me like what was the most stressful moment you had in WWE with Vince or something that, you know, put you on edge or caused you a little like, uh-oh, what's going on here? So some, pe- some people are stressed by Vince. I, I never really have been. Um, the, I mm-hmm. think, yeah, the hard part with WWE is the constant change in the show. So like you think right. uh, from a writer's perspective, right? Or So I'll give you an example. We, on SmackDown, we would go on at 8 p.m. live. Right. And- and I had, had a promo and like, so it's seven 30 and then all of a sudden I'm like, Hey, we want to change the promo to this or whatever it is. It's like, Oh no. Like I've just got like, you know, I have to re redo all this or it's like, uh, I think for some talent, it's the idea of, uh, we don't, we, Oh, are we going to be used? Are we not going to be used? What do I need walking on? I think there's also a feeling of, sometimes walking on eggshells like if you do the wrong thing somebody's gonna see it or whatever that sort of thing and i and i don't know i don't know why that specifically is the case but uh and some of it comes from i think people fear vince in a way that maybe they shouldn't sometimes like um yeah i one of the things that i think is i wish people could see vince more how how i've gotten to see him um in the sense of uh, the humanity, you know, and that sort of thing. But it's hard because you can't, as Vince, you can't have everybody walk into your door. You know what I mean? There needs to be some sort of barriers and that sort of thing. And so, so yeah, it's, uh, so yeah. I, so you, you, you said, you said you thought, and you didn't mean this as a knock. I'm not putting that out there. You, you said you thought Vince was overprotective of you. I, I Was that in terms of not wanting you to take dangerous bombs and in terms of your health? Is that what you meant by that? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll uh, I'll give an example. So um, so first, I want to say this by saying like, okay, I think their their story of me and uh, which they which they believe is that I'm injury prone, just because of. Uh, but the reality is, I've been wrestling for 21 years. I've had one surgery, which was my next surgery, which I was out for nine months, uh, and then I was forced to retire due to multiple concussions. Um, but all the concussion doctors had cleared me, and that was concussions over the span of, at that point, uh, 15 plus years, you know what I mean? And so um, so I haven't had that many injuries, and I'm really durable, and especially when you compare me to, say, Triple H or John Cena or all these other people, like, hey, I haven't had any problems with my knees or anything like that, you know, that sort of thing. All of that said, uh, Vince is very protective of me in almost like a fatherly type way. So I was wrestling Drew Gulak at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view uh, right before the pandemic started in 20, uh, in 2020. Um, I took a German suplex that went a little bit wrong, and I landed on my head. When I got to the back, Vince was so mad at me, and he was like, and it wasn't anything about the performance. It wasn't anything like, I said, was the match, after you got mad at me, I said, 
was the match okay? And he goes, yeah, the match was great. But you can't do that, right? Like, he doesn't want me. He didn't okay. want me to get hurt. And, uh, and I saw it. You know, it was it, like, you don't want to, you don't want your boss to be mad at you. But I saw it as coming from a very loving, loving perspective. Can you give us an imitation of what he says to you when he's pissed off at you like that when you come back through the curtain? You could drop the curse word uh, too if you oh, want. <laughs> I also think he never really got so mad at me, but that one moment, I, I was like, I think his it was more incredulous. It was like, God damn it, Brian, what are you doing? <laughs> Why would you do that? Like everybody has better Vince impersonations. Than yeah. I yeah. Uh, I'm curious because I had Roman Reigns on this podcast about a month ago, and he he told me he's not scripted. So I have a question. In AEW, what's the promo situation there? Are, can you go out there and say what you want? Are you scripted? Are you giving notes? And then it, towards your end run there in WWE, I, you said you know they could come to you right before a show and change things around. So I'm just curious. End of WWE run now in AEW. What are you scripted? Can you do your own promos? Where, where do we stand with that? So I was actually a little bit blown away uh, because so my first pro time I had to talk or anything was in Cincinnati, and uh, and I was like, so uh, so uh, what are we doing? I don't know. What do you want to do? Uh, wait, wait, what? <laughs> what was the last time you heard that question? And then and then, and then uh, last time in. In, uh, or last week in, in Newark, it was the it was the same thing. So, and uh, you get there, and there's no there's no. I wasn't even I was never handed a sheet of paper. I was never told what we're doing. We kind of sit down and decide what we're doing, and I, I was just like, oh. And then there's this overarching fear for me a little bit because some people don't like working with the writers. I love working with the writers. I like okay. collaborating, right? Like uh, I had a really good time with that. Like actually, one of my favorite times was as the I was a bad guy in WWE as the Planet's champion, and the I writer. I was going to mention that. Yeah, that was great. That was. And great. the writer worked with Robert. We had so much fun, and he would like he would present me with a piece of paper, and then we. I had a little. I had a lot more leeway than a lot of people in WWE. So it was like I would work with the writer and be like, "Hey, what if we say this? What if we say this?" And Robert was great because he would pull me back from the edge. Sometimes I'd go off on a tangent, like, "Hey, this is too far environmental." And maybe not focused enough on the show that we're actually doing. Yeah, see, I, as a fan, I hate that. You should have gone for, like, I, like to me, it was so great. You could, you should have just kept going and going and going with it. It's so, it was such a great gimmick. Yeah, well, but with, but I think Robert helped me stay stay on track. Eventually, I wasn't uh, allowed to say anything about the environment at all. But like, but, but <laughs> Robert, but Robert was great because he would throw in little things there, you know, that sort of thing. And so I loved collaborating with the writers so there's a real fear of the blank page right you know the writer thing yeah. of like hey you have to craft your own story and like you want that you want that freedom but then all of a sudden it's like oh no here's this blank page you can create whatever you want and you're like ah, ah. <laughs> and that's a little bit that's a little bit nerve-wracking and so mm -hmm. uh so yeah but my last you know the last couple of months with wwe I, yeah, I would get scripts, you know, and I'd work with my, I, but my time in WWE has been pretty much that, like always working with a, a writer, but always collaborating, you know? Yeah. Uh, and in the last couple of months, I was 
part of the creative team a little bit. And so sometimes very rarely would I do my own stuff, but like, Hey, what if I said something like this? And I might've said that on a Tuesday, I'd show up on the Friday and then it would be like somebody else's words, but like a version of what, what I had kind of mentioned. And then we just flesh it out, work together. It it was fun. You don't seem like the type that, that, and I, you know, I probably shouldn't assume that because you're, you're a very creative guy, but you know, in WWE, they, they really went P, strictly PG. And AEW, obviously, I think they push the limits further, which is way more enjoyable. I mean, you know, even, you know when I, I talk about having Roman on, Roman got, I guess, you know, a little flack because he said John Cena was like the missionary position, which seems like a harmless line. It's a, a, good, a good line, but, you know. Yeah. Do you, are you looking forward to pushing the envelope in AEW a little bit and maybe going, you know, either maybe PG 13 or R with promos or that's not in, that's not Daniel. That's not Brian Danielson's way. Well, <laughs> I've already, uh, the SAT word on TV. So, so, uh, but it, I think it's all circumstantial. Like it's not something I don't look forward to using curse words or I don't like anything, right, right. but, uh, the one thing that I do look forward to doing is, uh, is not having to worry about PG in the sense of the actual wrestling. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And don't, right. don't worry about, you know, there, uh, you can just get a little bit, uh, more intense and a little bit, I hate to use the word violent, but a little bit more violent. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, in AEW, And I think in wrestling, sometimes that's called for, right? Like when you have the big grudge match and you do the stuff, like people want to see, I think yeah. one of the WWE is, when you start doing like the hell in a cell matches and then there's no blood or whatever it is, you know what right. I mean? Big built up right. feud sort of thing. But, uh, but yeah, I'm excited for that. I, I always, I always thought it was fascinating as, as a wrestling fan that you, who you seem like just the nicest guy in the world. And if people follow you on social media, you're environmentalist and you've got the two kids, you seem like a great dad. And you once got, I don't know, fired the, the technical word, but, let go maybe from WWE because you choke someone with with a cable wire or something, which it, I mean, I, I don't want to do like the insulting thing and be like, wrestling's fake, but like you weren't really choking the guy out with the wire. He wasn't going to die or pass out. And they still ended up, you've got in trouble for that. It seems so ridiculous that that, that ended up happening to you all those years ago. Well, to be fair with that specific incident, I legitimately choked him because, oh, really? uh, <laughs> Well, maybe you should have gotten fired. <laughs> Justin, Justin, and I knew him a little bit, but uh, I I came from the the idea, the background that like, hey, he we have to make this look good, and if he doesn't know, like, I can't trust him to be great at what I do, which is like the pretend part of it, right? So, and they wanted a gang style beatdown, so I wrapped it up, and he had big. <laughs> Big marks on his neck after. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so <laughs> that said, uh, but I think that is um, an aspect of my personality that pro wrestling has really allowed me to explore, especially pre WWE, is the is the more aggressive side of me. Because for the most part, I try to stay very calm and very chill. I I, I don't want to be angry, right? And right. Um, and so, but. Sometimes it's nice to be able to get that aggression out, and pro wrestling allows you to do that in like a safe way. What do you make of, you know, obviously there's this huge, huge narrative, and you know, I think so many people 
are, are so hung up on the old WWE versus WCW days and Monday Night Wars and all this. And everyone, you know, with AEW doing so well and, you know, making WWE move NXT and obviously ratings have been strong. You and Punk there now. Everyone, I think it's just tired and cliche. competition, competition. I mean, I think both companies at the end of the day just want to make as much money as possible. But talk to me about the competition. Do you think it's a real thing? Should AEW worry about WWE? Should WWE worry about AEW? As someone who's in it now on both sides, what do you think? Well, I think from a business perspective, you do have to worry about being number one in your genre in the sense of how much you get paid for the TV rights fees, which is essentially both companies' business model. No longer fully about how many people that you can attract to the to the show. It's no longer about live attendance. It's no longer specifically for WWE. It's not about pay-per-view sales hardly at all with AEW. That's still a big part of their business model, but, um, but the more viewers you can attract and that sort of thing, the higher, uh, price you're going to get from the networks as far as for your show. So where that's really going to come to pass is I think in two to three years, when these contracts come due WWE's with the USA and Fox, and then ours with, uh, TNT and, and Turner, you know, and so so that's where that really comes in for from a competition standpoint is is those big big dollars. But where I'm mostly interested in it as as far as like elevating AEW is I think it's a it's great for wrestlers. I think it's great for wrestling fans to have different products and different products that are uh, that focus on different things. Right? Some yeah. people like. Rest, they're wrestling this way. Some people like they're wrestling this way. From a wrestler perspective, uh, this was the same thing that happened with WCW and WWF back when you know I was in high school. Like Chris Jericho, you know, wasn't being used hardly at all in WCW, and then he goes to WWF right. and is able to show his talent. You look at somebody like Malachi Black in AEW or Ruby Soho, where they weren't utilized very much in WWE. AEW gives them a chance to come over and show people how skilled they are. And, and eventually it will go the other way too. There will be people who feel like they're underutilized and will jump to WWE and, and people will be like, Whoa, you know, like they may, they maybe missed the boat on that one, but that's just going to happen. And I think that's good for the fans. I think it's good for the wrestlers. Uh, I think it's a really fun time to be in the industry. This is actually, I think the healthiest the industry's been uh, in the time that I've been wrestling because for the most part, it's been mostly a monopoly as far as big wrestling. Yeah. It's funny. The fans seem way more consumed with the competition. I think, I mean, what you laid out is all true, but it seems I get the impression. I mean, you can confirm. I get the impression that fans want you to shit all over WWE and Vince. Now yeah, that you're with AEW. <laughs> After <laughs> all, uh, I cut a little promo and I said, uh, you know, I loved where I worked before, and that got a huge chorus of booze. <laughs> but you know, but it's true, and I think yeah. you know, like, but I think that also speaks to there's a. It's not just a wrestling culture thing. I think it's, there's also like a tribalism in our country right now. You know, the the narrative of being on one side or the other, and I think most people are actually very rational and will enjoy both sides. But I think. The, the harder edges, and those are the people who tend to speak out more. If you like both, you're not going to go on social media 
and say anything controversial that's going to get a lot of responses, right? Like you say, oh, uh, AEW was great, was great last night, but I really enjoyed this about WWE as well. Nobody's going to say anything, right? Right. Right. As soon as you just do one or the other, and so I don't know. It's uh, I I think that's one of the the negatives of social media is that it it tends to emphasize the harshness in either direction. Yeah. Last thing, because I know I got to let you go. I've always wondered this. When you had that just amazing run, the Yes Movement and taking over Raw on your way to winning the title at WrestleMania, where they had to famously change the whole plan because the fans just would not accept anything else. There were two unbelievable moments during that. There was the Raw takeover where everyone in the – you had all the people with the Yes chant you were on the road. And then there was another night where uh, Triple H and Stephanie were cutting a promo with all the former champions in the ring. And the crowd was just relentless chanting your name. Which of those two did you enjoy? Those two moments did you enjoy more? Uh, the one where all the champions were in the ring. Um, okay, and why? That was in Seattle. Um, so I'm from not too far from there. And that was the last time my dad ever got to see me wrestle. Uh, and so it was, um, so like the whole arena and that it was for most of the night. It wasn't just for that segment, but throughout yeah. the night, there would just be random Daniel Bryan chants. But now we're in the main event. We're building to this thing, John Cena versus Randy Orton. Everybody's just going crazy for me and chanting my name. And my dad, like my dad knew I was like a good wrestler, but he never saw me like that before. Right. right. And then it goes off the air, you know, good guys are, waving hands and I'm going and, and, you know, and clapping hands. And my dad was like a couple rows back and he runs up to me and just gives me the biggest hug. And till the day he died, he ended up uh, passing away a couple months later. Uh, he would always tell my sister, like, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like it was unbelievable. And he signed his first ever autograph that day because wow. he was Austin, his boss's wife. And, and like, as we were changing it, like, this is Daniel Bryan's dad. This is Daniel Bryan's dad. It comes up. A couple of people wanted his autograph. And so he would put Buddy Danielson, Daniel Bryan's dad. <laughs> That's, I'm so glad I got, I, got, I got to ask you that question because I didn't know. You know, I just remember as a fan watching it in the ring and thinking, like, this is unbelievable. They can't even finish this segment. But you had that, that story on top of that night. What a night for you. That, that's tremendous. Yeah, and I think uh, I think when you talk to wrestlers versus yeah. from watching it from a fan perspective, uh, the things that are the favorite parts of our careers also have some sort of emotional entanglement with it, right? Something yeah. like yeah. that sort of thing. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it was it was really special. Yeah, great moment. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Good luck with AEW, and uh, everyone listening obviously can check out AEW Wednesday nights and Friday nights on. TNT and uh, good luck. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Be well. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, joining me now... A man requested by many, many people, if you read the Apple reviews, even though I feel like he's on all the time, he is New York Post sports media columnist and reporter Andrew Marshan. Andrew, how's it going? I'm good. Thank you for uh, nice uh, reviews. I heard them the other day. That was very nice of people. Yeah, Thanks, the, peop- the people want more Andrew Marshan, and I'm like, I feel like you're on. Like, I can't ask you to come on every week. Yeah, I could be a co-host. I could be uh, like a salad cotta. Yeah, exactly. Got to mix it up. Um, but it's a good week to have you on. A good week to have you on for sure, because the Mannings are dominating, it seems like. It, it is funny because, you know, 800,000 viewers the first week while the game got 16 million on ESPN ABC. And then this past Monday, they got 1.9 million. And it was still, what, thir- uh, what, did the, what was the ESPN number this week? You know, yeah, it's a much more. Was. I mean, thirteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, there's people who are like, oh, Peyton and Eli are going to take over. And first of all, Peyton doesn't want to do it 17 weeks, so that's a whole other yeah. issue. And he, this is part of Omaha Productions, which that would not be the case if he did it. But let's start with this. What are your impressions two weeks in on? I think as you build it, Manning Night Football. Yeah, so they've done well. There's no other way to put it. It's uh, it's additive. And and here's the thing I think about it why it works is because, and, and we've talked about this over the years in terms of Monday night football, Monday night football is a game where first off in recent years, they haven't had the best games. So in most cases, your team's not in the game. Then if you do fantasy, by the time you get to Monday, generally speaking, the game's decided and you might have it. If some weeks, it might come down to that, but so, so all right, sorry, two factors that make you really into games are not there. And you could put a wager on a game that could put you into it. Let's just say you don't do that. Then you come Monday night. You're excited for it. It's kind of a crappy game. What becomes more of a focus? The broadcast. So this is kind of a perfect complement to the regular broadcast because I'm not that into the game. It's the Lions-Packers. Okay, it's Aaron Rodgers, but not a great matchup. 
and I'll just hang with the Mannings and I don't need a regular broadcast. Now I will say for me personally, if I'm a Steeler fan, if the Steelers are on there, I don't think I'm on the Manning cast. I don't think that would do it for me. I want more about the game, be a little more focused. Whatever you think of Levy, Greasy, and uh, Riddick, I'd prefer that over them talking about random randomness um, and getting my, you know, uh, a my doctorate in football. But again, to, for your original question, yeah, you got to give uh, ESPN an A. They can't be any. They have to be happier. I will say they were freaking out early, though. They were freaking out early. Who was freaking out early? ESPN. Early because in the first, the first five telecast. Minutes, the first five right. minutes, you could tell that this was not, you know, well, you know Peyton was way over eager and they weren't exactly sure. He's doing the helmet. There was too much going on. And and I also just, look, they, they did make the halftime adjustment, uh, but they did, uh, you know, if, they, if you're trying to be at a bar, that's kind of what they're going for. The last thing you want when you go to a bar and when you meet somebody is they're just like in your face right away with this, that, and the other thing. Let's ease into it a little bit. Second quarter, if they'd done the helmet thing and the and the board, uh, the whiteboard, that would have worked. But anyways, irregardless, they recovered quickly and they get an A. So a bunch of things here. Um, it's funny. We're on the same page on the first part of your answer. I, I wrote this as well. When it's a game you don't care about, or you're not that into, which the lions fit that mold perfectly. They're great to watch. You know, I'm already thinking, you know, Thursday night on NFL network is Panthers at Texans. I mean, that would be just the ultimate Manning game. But if you have the Ravens playing the chiefs, like on that Sunday night, I need the regular telecast because I need to know down in distance, what the penalty flags are for, what the challenges are for, the, you know, the nuts and bolts of it when it's a game I care about. But most of the, I mean, I, I could say, I, I, I'm i sure I'm going to be watching ESPN 2, I would say probably 90% of the time, maybe, I, I don't know the whole Monday night schedule, but um, it's a great way to watch a game. I will say, and this is very, very sports media nerd inside baseball type of stuff. I give ESPN tremendous credit for switching up what you mentioned those five, five those first five minutes were obviously a disaster they switched it as quickly as i think they possibly could and here's why i say it's fascinating and give, so i give them credit for that but here's what i find fascinating about it and i'm curious if you agree or disagree i'm always of the belief twitter isn't real life so for example week one everyone on twitter is you know going gaga over the mannings and it gets eight hundred thousand viewers and it it shows you sort of, and, and I've always believed networks should not be paying attention to Twitter. Announcers should not be paying attention to Twitter because again, it's not, but they changed that first episode in five minutes because of Twitter. There's no doubt about it. So it's an interesting balance. And I do wonder how much Twitter played a role in them going from 800,000 viewers to 1.9 million in one week. Yeah, well, the coverage, it got a lot of positive coverage all over the place. Uh, you know, I think everyone who covers media wrote about it, but also a lot of football writers tweeted about it. So uh, I think it's a combination. Uh, so there was more awareness for it. Uh, and so that's where the audience really built itself up. And this isn't going to be a one-off. I mean, we saw what CBS did with the Nickelodeon broadcast last year. Uh, we saw... ESPN's been doing these mega casts for a long time. Turner's done them for basketball. So I, you are going to see more. The one thing I don't think you'll see is on, I don't really foresee, at least in the near future, I don't think on Sunday you'll get an alternative broadcast in every game. I don't right. think you're going to see that. Right. Um, because but but also, is, again, that goes to the teams. You're watching your teams in, in, in most most times on Sundays. Right. 
you you said it perfectly too by monday night you know i don't even know if that works on a sunday night you know like it, it's it really is perfect for the monday night but i do think it is funny because twitter obviously everyone's so extreme and and not just twitter but even columnists this is the wave of the future they're going to take over monday now listen if peyton manning calls whoever it is Norby Williamson or Jimmy Pitter, whoever, and says, I want to do Monday night. He's going to do Monday night on yeah. ESPN. But the issue is he does not want to do that. That's what people need to understand. He does not want to do 17 games a week in a suit at the stadium and travel and all that. He wants to do it from his ass. And here's the thing. The NFL probably won't let them do what they're doing now. You know, the NFL, if the game's on, if let's say it was the Peyton Manning, Peyton and Eli thing on ESPN, there's no mega cast. It's just them. And, you know, Pat McAfee's on there cursing. Like, the Goodell and the NFL are not going to sign up for that. Am I right or wrong? You're right. And and let's just go look at that deal for a minute for Peyton Manning. I, right. I, look, they, it's done very well, uh, but they are, I call them jazzed up Zooms. Right. Eli and right. Peyton do not have to leave their homes, or I guess Peyton's not right. literally in his home, but he has to drive 10 minutes from his right. home in Denver. So they're at home. There's 17 games on the schedule, maybe 18. I don't know. The ESPN had a schedule, a game or two. Um, and he gets to pick which ones he gets to do. And I've heard some numbers. I'm not prepared to report those, but but the uh, but it's for millions, of course, uh, multi millions. And I mean, what a deal this is for the Manning. So you can't really. Right. How do you say no? We always right. we've said it a number of times. Well, if the Mannings don't do it this time, they're never going to do it. This was the one, though. You're doing 10 games that you get to pick. You get to pick which right. weeks. They don't have to be there every week. It's a great deal for them, and it's turned out to be a great deal for ESPN as well, though, no, no, or, you know, regardless right. of this setup. Um, it's been a, it's a great deal for ESPN, hmm. too. Someone made a point on Twitter, which I thought was interesting. You know, the first week that happens where there's no Peyton and Eli show, probably pretty four. rough. Probably pretty rough for Levy and Riddick and Greasy because if they pay attention to Twitter, because everyone's going to say, "Oh, I wish the Mannings, I wish the Mannings, I wish the Mannings were," you know. I would I love agree. to know what the. Go ahead. I agree, but I think I, I wrote this. Um, I do think it takes a little bit of the pressure off those three. First off, they get a year to develop more. Last year, there's pandemic. Those guys were never in the same room together. Uh, that's really difficult, especially they're bringing Louis Riddick hadn't worked with Greasy and Levy before. The two, the other two, had worked together. So it gives them another year. There's not as much focus. And this is the big thing to me for them. If I'm doing that broadcast and, you know, nobody wants to be second, you know, looked upon as like the second broadcast when there's Monday Night Football and you're the main broadcast. Nobody wants it. But I do think they don't have to try to be more than they are. And I think that's a mistake that you can make when you're on Monday Night Football. You're trying to earn the job, keep the job. They change. They have a line shift every couple of years. And so... I think they can be a little bit more. We're just doing the game and that extra stuff. I would call it maybe that Madden stuff that you that Madden used to do with at the end of games. Um, then the Mannings handle that mo a lot of weeks. And obviously, what you're talking about is people will focus on them. But yeah, at, at some point, you know, you also have to be good. They have to get better. They were okay their first year. They still need to improve and prove that they they're worthy of that seat. Do you have any last thing on this Manning? Uh, telecast do you have any insight on sort of so it's omaha productions obviously espn's a part of it i'm curious about the guests if espn has to sign off on the guests if peyton and eli you know it does seem like obviously it seems like they're setting up 
for PFT Commenter to be on that show <laughs> one of these weeks, who obviously they have a history with ESPN, where ESPN canceled his show after one uh, day. I would assume Peyton gets to overrule ESPN. I mean, w- w- do you have any insight on if you know Peyton and Eli want a guest and ESPN doesn't want them on? Yeah, I think it was telling. I don't know who they had on when Peyton was talking about Aaron Rodgers and said, imagine not having a say if, or a talk uh, with, with you about the personnel. And that right, kind of right. gives you a little insight into Peyton. Again, right. I think I might have said this last time, I don't know Peyton personally. I've maybe been in a group setting with him before. I think, you know, a long time ago when he was with the Colts. Uh, but I've talked, you know, I've covered him now kind of, which is I find odd uh, not to know him and cover him. But, uh, but we all know this. this is, I don't think I'm breaking news here. He's very controlling and he's going to, he's, he's the one, uh, I think that's driving it. Now ESPN is quick to tell you that their executives are very involved in all the decision makings and they do know TV. Uh, but you know, Peyton has opinions about this stuff and uh, he's going to trust his gut. But I think the thing about Peyton, which is very good is he's very coachable. You know, when I think when Lee fitting told him at halftime, focus more on the game from what I was told, he was very receptive to that. And you saw it this second week as well. Uh, that they focused more on the game. They took the feedback. It wasn't just, no, I'm going to do it this way. The skits don't really work. They work on his Peyton's places. Those right. aren't live skits. It takes a – people just – I say this about talk radio hosts all the time. It's a skill level that people don't necessarily always appreciate and comedy and doing these type of things. It's a skill level. Yes, on a tape thing and you're doing a 15, 15 takes, you can make these things sometimes work. Do live TV and be really entertaining – that's not as easy as I think uh, people might uh, sometimes assume. And, and we're in agreement that Peyton has so much power with this, and it's just he's going to have more power if these numbers keep doing what they're doing. I mean, if Peyton Manning says we're having PFT commenter on for the third quarter, like ESPN's not going to be able to say no. I don't think ESPN really care that much. I, I, well, that's a different regime. I, I agree. I just think that's. I'm using that as an example, that, you know. I know, but who are they going to have on that you think is going to be so offensive that Peyton, that Peyton Manning? Well, no, I don't. I don't think he. On. No, I don't think it would be necessarily offensive, but there could be, I don't know, conflict. You know, I don't know. Would they let Romo do it? I guess they would. Um, yeah, Romo wouldn't do it. <laughs> well, maybe he'd right. do it. I don't he know. He on this would. podcast. Yeah. Yes. That's the only thing he's done. Only yeah. thing he does. He does CBS three hours a week. And then the only other person he talks to is Jimmy Traina's Sports Illustrated podcast. That's power. And then he like kissed your behind during the beginning. How great you are at this. And he's. He's been wanting to come on. It's, He's dying to come on. It's just it's, five years. It's weird. He's dying. It's in the archives Romo, if you haven't heard it. Two weeks ago, Romo, it's in the archives. Romo's sitting there every day. He's counting <laughs> his money. And then he says, oh, if only I have $180 million, but only if I could be on the Jimmy Trainer podcast. Yeah. But then he was. He, then he was. He, then he was. Um, all right. Let's shift over to what you reported this week. Oh, I, was say, I also do want to do a story how you got that interview. I don't know. Am I allowed to say that publicly or no? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Uh, yeah. I mean, Jimmy trained a great job, went through Corona. Oh, I I was going to say, I don't think it would be hard to figure out how I got that interview. If you watch the YouTube and that Tony's wearing true. the Corona hat and wearing the Corona shirt and drinking the Corona beer would <laughs> not take true. Sherlock. You don't need yeah, Sherlock no. Holmes to figure out how I got him. No, 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 no. I'm going to take credit for that. Credit me. Yeah. On this. Uh, yes, but. It was creative, and I give you credit for it. Now, you had to mention Corona every eight seconds, but uh, besides that, it was good. Eight minutes, every eight minutes. Every eight minutes, every eight yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, did get, I did ask him what, he, what t- drunk Tony Romo was like, so I thought that was a natural question. Yeah, that was question. good. Yeah, there was some, there was yeah. Some good, it was a, um, give it a th- 3.1 out of 5 clickers. In terms I of found clickers. it interesting that Tony said, though, that they did a million practice games, and he wasn't good in those practice games. I thought that was very interesting. 
yeah, I don't I know if I believe false, it. I thought that was false modesty, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Al Michaels. Uh, you reported this week. It looks like he's definitely headed to Amazon for Thursday night football. First things first. Would that so he goes to give Amazon? The, give, the, can you give the new newsletter a plug at least. Like all these. Sure. Give the, give it give it. Oh, so okay, yeah. Monday's Corona. So wait, 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 wait. You gave me shit for the Corona stuff, but I got to mention the New York Post newsletter. Okay, go ahead. You can thing. mention. I my, yeah, I don't. I'm not. I actually no. I gave you credit for the Corona, just for the record. Okay. Rewind if you can rewind it. Get Shelby to rewind this and give us back. I just gave you credit for the Corona. I said good right. job. Plug Come your on. plug your newsletter. Go all ahead. right. Yeah, we have a new. It's everything else is still the same. We've added a post plus it's free for the first month. And I got a newsletter every Monday. Now we talk about the owl was the lead the other day. I said 90% according to my probabilities, he's going to be the, he's going to go to Amazon and do Thursday night. He'll be the play by player. Um, he'll go along with Fred Gidelli, who's the Sunday night producer. Uh, that makes my Al comfortable, not a done deal yet. So I'm not fully reporting it. Uh, because the Amazon and the NBC agreement's not fully done, but uh, it's I would put money right. on it. So a couple of stupid questions, since I'm not smart. Al does this. He's done with NBC? No, he will probably do. They have an extra playoff game every year. That'll be him and his partner, probably. Or that could get dicey if it's Aikman, if it's Aikman's his partner. But uh, I think Aik- he'll still wait. Choose- Aikman? Now, the candidates to be his partner are Aikman. Collinsworth, which I think is probably unlikely because I think he'll stay on Sunday night and Drew Brees. And then the mystery candidate. Mystery this candidate for, would be the, a guy like Mike Tomlin. Yeah, so this candidate. is for Thursday night Amazon. Yes. This is the main feed. Then I'll have a million other feeds, Pat McAfee, everything else. Um, Alan Aikman. I wonder how Joe Buck would feel about that. I don't think he'd care. You should have him on. You haven't had him on in a couple weeks. He's on more than I am. Um, all right, so... Al would still be with NBC to do a playoff game if he went to Amazon. So uh, that, th- this was the second part of my stupid question. But you said, why no Collinsworth? They're going to keep. So NBC wants to keep Collinsworth. I think. Well, look. I think number one, they have to see how Drew Brees does this year. Drew Brees knocks out of the park, and so far, I don't. I don't think. I think he's been okay. I don't think he's knocked. I watched the whole first game from you know the first play to the last against uh, Notre Dame Toledo. Uh, and there was room for improvement. I taped the second game, did not watch it, so I can't tell you how he, if there, where the progression was. Um, but I think Breeze could eventually replace Collinsworth. I don't think necessarily it happens next year. I think so. I don't know if Collinsworth that Thursday Sunday uh, turnaround might seem like nothing to people, but you do it for 17 weeks, it ends up being a lot. It, I know it doesn't. People are like, I work every day. I get it. I just, I've talked to people. I think when you look at the undoing of Phil Sims, a lot of it had to do with CBS having that Thursday package. And then he was doing Sundays and it was just overexposure. And we kind of the Monday night football thing where the announcers are so focused on. So I don't think Collinsworth does both. I, I didn't, he's a candidate. So I'm not ruling Collinsworth out, but I don't think he does both. Why does NBC want to push Al out of Sunday night? Well, when they brought over Tarico, the, the part of the reason that Tarico came over was to become the voice of Sunday night football. At that point they had Thursday nights. So they could do Thursday and then Al does Sunday. Um, and you know, Al hasn't gone anywhere. Um, he's still very good. He's 76 years old, but now they're going to, they want to transition to the Tarico era. Tarico was brought in to replace Al on Sunday night football. 
and to replace Costas on the Olympics. And so this is the second half of the deal. It's been a while now. It's been four or five years. So he's been waiting in the wings. Um, so I don't know if – I don't think they'd say they're forcing him out. I just think that – Well, uh, they are. Yeah, um, I guess in some regards. Because he's still as good as anyone doing it. He is. Um, and football, I do think you can go a little bit longer than other sports, but he is 76. And so even though he's good, he's going to be 77 at the end of this year. Um, so I want to be respectful here, but you do have to, when people get older, you just have to, you know, you have to be uh, wary of that, if that makes sense. I uh, hate I think that NFL, take. NFL, you can get away with I hate that bit. take because he's Why? still as good because he's still the top broadcaster in the game you're asking me their thinking you asked me their thinking i'm telling you the, the right. thinking the thought process and i hate this whole thing because i really like mike Tirico and i actually think he's excellent i just don't like the pushing out of al because he's old i hate it i hate it and here's the because he's still good and when you hear al you know it's a big game there's something about yeah, I guess, that but they I, again they look at Tirico as their franchise right uh, he's you know, he's trying, I think, not to look like he's pushing Al out, um, but he wants that position. He's been waiting. Uh, that's been a big, I've written about it a little bit. That's been a big story behind the scenes. Uh, he's, he does a few games that Al doesn't want to do. Um, and now it's his turn, per se. And it's it kind of fits because it's they have the Super Bowl this year. Al could retire. He doesn't need to retire. I, I want to put this clear. Al should do whatever he wants to do. That's my thing. I don't care about legacy or writing the final chapter in a perfect storybook, which it would be. It's in LA, his hometown, but he should go do it as long as he wants. Um, I'm just telling you they're thinking. I'm not saying I would necessarily do that. I agree. Al's at the top of his game. There's no reason necessarily to move on, but they made a plan before they knew that. They didn't know Al was still going to be as good as he is. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like ah, being transported to a tropical island retreat. 
imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. So the candidates to work with Al on Thursday night on Amazon are Aikman, Collinsworth, and a mystery yes. person. Did you, if you had the newsletter, you'd know this all this stuff. This is right. just, um, I understand. Oh, I understand. It's, uh, it's yes. Aikman, Collinsworth, Breeze, mystery candidate. And mystery candidate, I would say, if unexpectedly, a guy like Mike Tomlin, who nobody right, thinks right, going right. anywhere. If right. he came out, then everyone would want him. Amazon would uh, be one of the places that I think we go after. And you mentioned like a, another feed a la the Mannings. You think yeah. Amazon will do that or will that be on another service? I would assume it's on Amazon. No, I'll be on Amazon. Amazon will yeah, have multiple right. feeds. They already right. do that now with you know Fox's Thursday night. Then they have yeah. Anna Storm and Andrea Kramer. Yeah. And then they have, I think it's like a scout's view. They're going to expand on those ideas. So I think you'll have multiple feeds. So you have the main, if you want mm-hmm. the main broadcast with Al uh, and whoever. And then they'll have other feeds that um, I'm sure they're going to try to, you know, I, I got like Pat McAfee who makes some sense to me. I think there's a bunch of ways you could go. Uh, I think they'll try to be creative in that, that second screen. Um, Let me ask you one thing before you, do you yeah, think yeah. that the second screen, I'm going back I'm putting two things together. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the yeah. second screen, I, you kind of said this maybe, but like the Manning type experience you think that ever replaces your play-by-play analyst combination? Because I don't really. I don't either. I don't either. I think what you're saying, more there'll be more second screens for every sport. Yeah. I don't see the traditional broadcast going away. Because here's the thing. If you have a great traditional broadcast, yes. you don't... You know, the second screen is a nice bonus. I don't, you know, if if Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are calling a Sunday 425, you know, Bucks-Cowboys game, I don't need a second screen. Yeah. If you get That's, the booth you know, right, you're right. And, look, I mean, I thinking, and it depends on who's in the, it all depends on who's doing it. Yes. I mean, Payne and Eli have, obvi- I mean, they're brothers. That they can, you know, bust each other's balls. And they've got, you know, Payne, obviously, everyone said that Payne knew what he was doing with this. But anybody could go in there and flop too. It's not just like, oh, second screen, put that guy there, and it's good. You don't know if it's going to be good till they do it. Yep, hundred percent. And you make a social great media. Point. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, they, they, ESPN also has the right people. Peyton Manning's Peyton Manning. Eli's no slouch. He's got a couple of Super Bowls. Probably not a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, but he'll probably get in. And he, um, and they're brothers. Just as Kornheiser and and Wilbon, the reason that it works so well is because they knew each other for 25 years. That's the biggest right. reason that shows successful. You can talk about the creation of the rundown and all the other stuff and the formatting, and those weren't important in some regards. Those two guys n- knew each other, so they're just arguing like they've done for 25 years, and there's a camera on. The Mannings, brothers, they know each other forever. He can, Especially Eli making fun of Peyton's just so uh, hyperactive. I, it's great. I will say this. I've said this, I think, on this podcast maybe once or twice before, and I'll say it again because I've been thinking about it with the Mannings. I mean, it might not happen until he's 60 years old at this point. I will. I would love to see Tom Brady in the booth, and I think Brady is a guy, as a straight analyst, you know, as the traditional, you know, Aikman-Collinsworth analyst or second screen doing what I think he could thrive in both roles. I really do. Well, I do think... 
and maybe I should write about this, is that this is something that could transform that position because if you're, let's say, Phil Rivers, right, and you want to coach high school football, but now they say, all right, well, we can give you a second screen experience. You coach your high school game on Friday. You stay home for the weekend. You don't have to study the rosters. You're just going to talk ball, as they like to say, the analysts. I hate when people say that, so I don't know why I said that. But uh, when you're going to talk football. Um, so I do think it could change things there. And, and Brady, yeah, Brady in theory could be very good. All right, let's switch topics. NFL college, the ratings have been tremendous so far. What do you truck that up to? Well, I think number one, the pandemic, you know, where we are in the pandemic in that there are crowds there. I just think it was depressing to watch uh, last year. Um, a lot of sports were out of season. The NFL and college weren't. They, they stayed within their season for the most part. Uh, some leagues didn't in college. Uh, so I think those are the major factors. I just think when you watch these games with crowds, um, just the excitement levels there. And a year ago, we're still in the, and we still are in a pandemic. I'm not, I don't want to make it a light of it, uh, but we're further along uh, with the vaccine. So get your vax, everyone out there. Uh, is that um, oh, you're gonna get a bit? You're gonna get a bad review now on Apple. Oh well, that's fine. I mean, whatever. Yeah. I think people should get you do it. No, I don't do what you want. Get get the vaccine. I, my I my, my guess is th- my guess is there's not too many anti-vaxxers listening to me on my podcast. I'm just gonna, I would think not, but but anyway. Yeah. Okay. So we're in stadiums. I think those are the big reasons to me. The NFL made yeah. their schedule, um, you know, a little top heavy in terms of some great matchups early to get the momentum right. going. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I think we're, I, I, it, it's hard to, to say exactly why, but I think those are the major, the major issues. I think the fans being back, I think it was depressing to watch these games last year. If you didn't yeah. have, if you weren't a diehard fan, it wasn't the same. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I noticed even, you know, um, the Emmys, I think their ratings were up from last year. I think we, you know, we were in it so deep with the pandemic. We didn't, I mean, that took a lot out of a lot of people and yeah. everyone's saying award shows are dead and they may very well be. I'm not saying award shows are back. I'm not saying we should have them. I'm just saying the Emmys they had this weekend against football and got a bump in their ratings from last year. So, so, you know, take the sports out of it. The, the pandemic really did a number on everything in terms of ratings and, and viewership last year, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, and so um, I also think Ryan Glassbeagle has made this point. It does seem like, um, and I'm not saying it, this has anything to do with it, but the social the social messaging that we saw last year, I, it doesn't, I don't know, the NFL broadcast seems like that's not as much of a, uh, a driver as it was last year. I'm not getting, I'm not saying either way. I think that stuff's been kind of overrated. I think people who like football, watch football and don't get pushed away by that stuff. But I will say, I, I think Glass Beagle makes a good point that there, there hasn't been as much of that as uh, there was last year. And perhaps, so that to say that they're up and doesn't, you know, that uh, whichever side of the aisle you're going with that take on it, I just feel like it's been a little bit different this year. I have a theory on that, but I'm not going to get into it. Um, okay. Well, two things. Are you, it's only been one game. Game number two happens this weekend. The return of Gus Johnson to the NFL. Now I'm going to make a ridiculous statement and I'll probably lose all sorts of credibility with like people in the media business and that's fine, but it's just my opinion. It's bizarre and it makes no sense. 
Gus Johnson's better off doing the fifth NFL game on Fox than the national title game for college football. It's a complete, I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. He gets no buzz in the college game. I I shouldn't say no buzz. Very little buzz doing the college. He's doing uh, Arizona and Minnesota and everyone's having a field day with Gus doing the NFL. I know the money he couldn't like, you know, it's such a, it's such a downgrade. You can't do it from a professional standpoint, but Gus Johnson is perfect for the NFL. Why do you say that? Uh, did you watch that, the excitement? Yeah, I, I had red zone, so I, I watched a good amount. Yeah. But no, but I just, why is it different than college? College is exciting as well. Listen, I, I, mean, it, I, also, I, I, I can't, was that was like, I can't, I can't explain it. Like Joe Tessitore didn't work out on Monday night. He's great on college. You know, McDonough didn't work out on the NFL. He's great in college. You know, Fowler's great on tennis. Might not be the best lead. Co- you know, I don't know what it is, but when I watch Gus do college football on a Saturday, I don't feel like it's special. When he's doing the NFL, it's there's an excitement level that I that is palpable. You have to have the good now. You have to have a good game with crazy plays. Yeah, they had a crazy game, so that made it. And look, Gus has a knack for getting these games, so good for him. Um, I just was wondering what you're saying. The difference is. Uh, I wish I could articulate. You have a great yeah. college game, I guess. I would say more. You're more of an NFL guy than a college guy. Yeah, I mean, so you can get into sh- Arizona, right? But like, I think, but like Brad Nessler and and um, oh Danielson. my god, Gary Danielson or McDonough, and you listen to Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge do a college game, you're going to be fired up. I mean, it's yeah. they're outstanding. Right, yeah, they're outstanding. Right. Right. Yeah, look, Gus is um, excited. He he gets excited. Um, he uh, he definitely brings a energy to the games. Um, I mean, the knock on him is that he's not, you know, he makes mistakes and, and that type of stuff. Um, Every announcer makes mistakes. That's a terrible knock. Yeah. I mean, it depends how you look at it. I mean, I'm a little more into the technical I'll part get, of it. I'll tell you what bothers me. See, here's the thing. I don't mind if you misidentify a player. That's Oh, you say the wrong name. That's going to happen. I'll, yeah. Like what bothers me is... Now, who did the game? It was Catalan. Who did he do the game with on Sunday? Oh. Catalan's with, um, like, Lofton. James Lofton. Okay, so they do the game. It was Seattle and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't want to bog everyone down with, like, what the, it was late fourth quarter, like, under a minute left, and it was tied up. And the Titans declined a 10-second runoff and instead took a timeout, which gave Seattle 10 seconds more with the ball to go down the field. Those mistakes bother me more than saying, and the announcers never mentioned it. Mm. That's where, like, Lofton's got to mention that. I agree. That's, That's where Lofton, Tirico, by the way, Tirico is very good at that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching the Breeze game so closely. I mean, yeah. I, I've always known this, but there were a couple of times he just brought up some really good points. That And Catalan is great. He's very excitable. He does a great job calling the games, but Lofton needed to mention that. They didn't mention it at all. That bothers me more than someone getting a guy's name wrong. Like that's going to happen yeah, over I a three-hour I mean, telecast. Gus, I, look, there are people who love Gus. I'm not the hugest Gus guy. I'm not against Gus, but I'm not necessarily the get the pom-poms out for Gus. I, I would say, you know, when he did the NSA tournament, it was a tie game for a minute 30 and he's saying they should foul. And Reggie Miller's like, no, 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 you can't foul. What are you crazy? I think that type of stuff sometimes happens that maybe it doesn't happen as noticeable as that one, but he makes some mistakes. And that's kind of why he's um, peaked a little bit in his career. 
Because he could have been Thursday night. He made perfect sense for Thursday night, right? He didn't get right, that job. Right, Why right. did he get that job? I mean, he made perfect that, sense. Because does saying. the NFL? Because the NFL might want a more traditional. Yeah, with know, the NFL situation, sure. right? Because that's what I think I like about Gus too. You listen, to, you watch NFL all day on Sunday, then you hear him, and it's totally different than anything else you've heard, and that's always a good thing. All right, I'll let. Why don't you? Uh, I don't want to like give Romo. I mean, Romo is the single best analyst in the NFL. I, but I still don't want to have him get more plugs than the great Andrew Marshan. So plug your newsletter and then we can wrap up. Yeah. So get the newsletter. We start post plus you get, not only you get my newsletter, but you get more coverage of all the New York sports and everything we cover. So give it, are you only, uh, are you only doing once on Mondays? One newsletter a week. And there's gonna be added features where you'll have some, uh, yeah, step it up uh, a little bit. Zooms and uh, well, we're still offering a lot for free. So if you don't want to do right. it, that's fine too. You still but as the, the Apple same, reviews same content, say, content. people want more Andrew Marshan. So you know, just Mondays might I mean, not cut it. Look, you're, they're trying to make. I get. I'm not saying I don't know who would. I know a lot of people who wouldn't. But uh, they're trying to make a value proposition here. So go for it if you want. If you don't, fine, whatever. All right. Thanks for coming on. Hopefully, the right, people respond that, in the in the Apple reviews. And uh, good luck with everything. And we'll have you on soon. All right, thanks, Jimmy. Be well. Thanks. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, time for the weekly train of thought segment. So we bring in my buddy from WFAN Radio in New York, SNY TV in New York, at Sal underscore Licata on Twitter. Sal, how's it going? 
I have to apologize for last weekend. I know my dog Maddox was driving you nuts, but hopefully you enjoyed the one o'clock games outside of some over-unders that maybe didn't hit. It was great to hang out with you for a week. Two, I, I, went, I went to Sal's to watch football on Sunday and his dog did not leave me alone for about 30 <laughs> he seconds. <loves> you. <laughs> and I don't, I, when I, on Sundays I'm locked in. Yeah. I don't even eat on Sundays. Right. And that's and, why I get because I know you're not. Are you are you a dog guy or not really? I would say not. I, really, I, I don't right? need a dog jumping on me when I'm watching football. Right. And Maddox is a very excitable. And the more that you he, like, he senses if you don't love him or don't. So, and you're just like, all right, all right. Yeah, I'm trying to cover a spread. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, aside from that, hopefully you had a, a good time. But it was yeah. fun to watch the games with you, win or lose. Well, so, well, it was uh, it was a fun day as always, and. Uh, Listen, you have a great setup there with the, you get the four games, the other thing is a game on the TV that you, you have a good setup there. So that, that's the key. All right. Since you started by mentioning our NFL Sunday together, we'll, we'll read some Apple reviews. We'll do picks. But the first train of thoughts topic I wanted to get into, we can discuss it since we started talking about the NFL, is the taunting penalties. Well, they seem to be there were the one in Seattle was really bad. We may have missed a couple because we were watching so many games, but and the NFL though comes out and says they're not changing anything. Ron Rivera, the Washington coach, said, "You know, we're trying to avoid brawls. This is going. This will change when it happens in the fourth quarter of a game that's close. It's not going to change right now. Early week two, if it happens in the first quarter." But you're going to have a game that's going to be, you know, 425 on Fox to 90 percent of the country in the fourth quarter. Someone's going to get hit with a ridiculous taunting penalty and then all hell is going to break loose. They have got to do something about this. But what I don't understand, and you're right, the way that I watch games and that we did last week, it you're not like we're not locked into one game specifically. So you're watching where the teams are on the field. I have not noticed the impact of these taunting penalties that everybody's going nuts about. Now, if it happens in a playoff game or a standalone game and it's a big deal, I understand it. But what what, what I don't understand is why it's so hard for the players to grasp. It's very simple. It is the rule. Why don't yeah, we but- just live by the rules? I'll tell you, I disagree with that take from this standpoint. You can't ask these guys to go out there and play a game that's based all on emotion. And then after they make a sack or a tackle for a loss, or then they, they have to just shut it down. The human brain and body doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. You but, can't but be out of 10 the whole time, but then after you make a big play, you have to get down to a one. I mean, they're... The ones they're calling, I mean, you can't even see. You can barely see that there's taunting. I mean, uh, if you say something to someone now, it's considered taunting. I mean, well, that's but but we're not hearing some of that stuff. Now, I don't have a problem with celebrating. Obviously, they should be allowed to celebrate. It's just taunting. If you are directing it at somebody personally trying to taunt him, meaning get his attention and then potentially start a brawl. Yeah, that would be a problem. I don't know how they're going to. So if you so if you if you're a defensive, if you're a linebacker. And the offense is going on a fourth and one. They run it and you're the linebacker and you stuff the guy. You can't, you can't stand just, over him. You can't. No, but you can't even look at him. You can't look at him and say, like, take that bitch. Like, you can't even do that. Why can't I mean, what? I, I don't know. Like, you can't even say anything. 
Well, that's why it's a problem is because it's open for interpretation, right? I mean, we could be watching something, you don't see it. But if somebody says something, if he looks at you the wrong way, you shouldn't be penalized for looking at somebody the wrong way. The throat slash thing, pointing, standing over somebody, dropping the ball in their face, throwing the ball at them. Obvious taunting stuff should not be allowed. Stuff that's borderline. I mean, I don't see what the big deal is to let that go. But the league is going to have another problem. on it. Just what they needed. Another problem with the fish. Right, well, that's it. Right. Let me just say this on the record. I love the throat slash. I think it's one of the best taunts you can pop. I love it. I love the throat. They, I think someone got, there was a guy, was it, was it, a guy in the Bucks got flagged on the pick six because he was running it in backwards. And really? I looking, yeah. I missed that. I was watching that game too. Looking, I, I guess at the receiver who was trying to chase him. Those sh- those cannot oh, be fifteen. I did, I did see that after the touchdown, right? They put it on right, exactly. Those can't yeah. be fifteen yard penalties. I'm sorry. It's going to when it affects a game, then you'll have some issues. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we, we thought in years past that other stuff were going to be the issues. You know, how do you decide leading with the helmet? It's turned out to not be that significant a deal. Hopefully, this goes away as well. I know early on, though, people are going to make a big deal of it. And I'll say this: if I were a player, and I did something to seal the game. Like let's say Monday night, Lamar Jackson gets the the fourth yard, the fourth down run to seal the game. I'm throat slashing and give me the 15 yard penalty. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking what? about some some good ones too. Like remember Dion in his return to the oh, Georgia the high Dome. St- yeah, high oh, with the hand behind the yeah, head. Yeah, high yeah, step yeah, and halfway yeah. down the sideline. Yeah. This is my house. Yeah. I mean, that is yeah. the definition of taunting. Taunting. Imagine getting a flag for that. So I am pro taunting. All right, train it. Thoughts topic number two. Where do you stand on this Kevin Kiermeyer situation where he slides into home plate on Monday night, bumps into the catcher for the Blue Jays, the catchers, the notes fall out of the catcher's pockets on their like game plan and what they're going to do against the pitcher. And he steals the notes and goes back into the dugout. Now, a couple of things about this. Supposedly, someone from the Blue Jays went to get the notes back. The Rays said no. I don't know if that's true. I think a lot of this story, though, which I love this story. The video is great. The story, though, gets hurt a little bit by the fact that the next night after the Rays have all the notes, the Blue Jays beat the Rays. Right. But do you think he should have to give it back? Do you think it's a Bush league move? Do you think this should be a big, you know, code red in baseball? Where do you stand? Uh, I don't think it's as big a deal as people are making it out to be, but my first look at it, I thought it was a Bush league move. I mean, if somebody in front of you online at the grocery store drops a hundred dollar bill, you see them drop it. Are you picking it up and going on with it? You're not competing with that person. Oh, well, I mean, this is this is competition. This is yeah, trying to get I, an edge still, on an opponent. It, it, to me, there's an unethical element to it where I would not be the person to pick it up and not return it. That's just me. I, you're trying to get an edge. I understand that. But that to me is cheap. First of all, yeah, those but, things shouldn't even be allowed on the field. I mean, you want to go step further. I hate that they have all these cards and it's drawn on their hat and wristbands. I mean, that's ridiculous. Just go out there and play the game. But I, I thought it was a, not the end of the world. I had a, a little bit of an issue with Kiermaier picking that up after a drop. I do agree with you. I mean, I don't know. Do you, should you really have notes on the field? That that seems a bit bizarre. But you're acting like someone dropped their keys and someone did. I mean, they dropped the game plan. Why wouldn't you steal it? But why? I mean, it's, it's stealing. I mean, I, it's not stealing a base. You're stealing something okay. that's clearly not yours. Every, every pitcher in the league is using a foreign substance on the baseball. That's way <laughs> worse than stealing someone's notes. 
Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal, by the way, either as far as you know, <laughs> impact on the game. Clearly, as right. you mentioned, I, I don't think that it, it's insignificant. Right. I just thought it was unethical, bush league, but uh, nothing that I would really pay any mind to. I mean, maybe you drill him when he comes up next, or throw one up and in, let him know you don't like it, and move on. That's that. All right, train of thoughts. Topic number three. Aaron Rodgers yesterday told Pat McAfee the reason he has the long hair is he's grown it out for a year, a whole year for his Halloween costume oh. next month. Uh, I wish I, I gonna, had the option. I was going to. <laughs> I guess it is offensive. I'm asking a bold person this question, but could you ever put that kind of commitment into a Halloween costume? No. No, and I don't know why all of a sudden we're starting to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Isn't it funny what Rodgers is about everything other than his play? But that is a tremendous job by him if he's really dedicated to this. Now, did he say what he's going to be? I mean, He wouldn't say. He said it's one of his heroes, and it's a surprise. I'm sure it's going to be some TV character or something like that. I don't know, but he didn't say. Obviously, he wants to keep it a surprise. Got, you know, about six weeks ago before hey, Halloween. the guy's insane. You dedicate your hair growth for a year for your Halloween costume for one night. No, I would never. Even if I had the option and the ability to grow hair, I would not be doing it for that reason or any. I would not commit myself to any costume like that. It, do, it, it does seem like a little much. Um, do you even do you even like like Halloween? I, I've no. known you for years. Yeah, <laughs> you hate you probably hate it. Have you ever dressed up in your life? The, the last thing I want in my life are people ringing my doorbell. <laughs> Oh, on Football Sunday, by the way, this year. Wait, Halloween's on a Sunday? Yes, Football oh, Sunday. The, the ball of can- I'll put wife. the ball of, bowl of candy in the driveway. Don't even come up the steps. Yeah, right. Take one or as many as you want. Just leave me the hell alone. I've already got my wife saying, oh, you know, our baby's five months old. And she, I'm like, I'm not going trick-or-treating. For what? She can't eat the candy? You're going to buy costumes and waste money? It's Football Sunday. There's no chance. Maybe next well, year I, on a Monday. All right, so let me recap it properly. Your wife wants you to go trick-or-treating with your five-month-old daughter on an NFL Sunday. Yeah, which is never going to happen. I just broke the news to her yesterday. And what she wants, you think she cares about the trick-or-treating? No. Guess what she wants? Pictures. 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 Yeah, so we're going to order hundreds of dollars worth of costumes. We could dress up like fools and take pictures for a five-month-old baby that has no idea what's going on. For who are these pictures exactly? So, no, I'm sorry. Not going to happen. You're not as committed to Halloween as Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right. for sure. The only, the best thing about Halloween is that it gave us what I don't know if it's the best, but I would I would say a top three all time curb scene with bald asshole. When the girls come to trick or treat at Larry's and they're like 16 or 17 and they're not in costume. So he refuses to give them candy right. and they toilet paper the house. And they write bald asshole and spray paint on his door. And he calls the cops and he tells the cops it's a hate crime. And then getting back to the baldness, yeah. he said it's a hate crime because they called him a bald asshole. And the cop who is bald says that's not really a hate crime. And Larry says to the cop, with all due respect, you're not really bald. You're sh- you're cultivating a look by shaving your head. You're not part of the bald community. Top three all time uh, curb scene. I post it every year on Halloween and train of thought. So um, all right, train another train of thoughts topic. I know you're a big fan, as am I, of the Dark Side of the Ring series on Vice, which uh, gives you behind-the-scenes wrestling stories. They did one this week, which was about the plane ride from hell, which is this famous WWE plane ride. They came back to the States from England after doing shows there, and the plane ride got out of control with people doing all sorts of things, cutting people's hair and 
And there's a whole thing about Ric Flair in there, basically naked, going up to the flight attendants and sort of trapping her to touch him. And he was, you know, trying to show off for the boys. The flight attendants on there was not a pleasant situation for her, obviously. Um, do, you know, do you look at Ric Flair differently after this? Do you think um, he's got some issues or how do you, what did you make of that episode? Well, I'm not really surprised. I mean, as maybe right. sad as that is, is, is anybody we, we've heard about Ric Flair openly behind the door? Like you, you, you kind of expected this. And I know we're living in a different world now than it was back then. Not to say that he was right, because obviously he wasn't. That's right. sexual harassment. You cannot do that then now, whatever. But I, I can't say that I'm surprised by that behavior. What maybe I am surprised is. How, you know, if you're Vince McMahon, and I'm not trying to pin everything on him, but he is the boss to to let that situation, not just the Ric Flair, but everything else that went on on a flight to let that get out of control to that extent. Somebody's got to be able to put somebody in place there. And I would think Vince McMahon would be the guy and firing people afterwards. Certain people afterward to me is not really the answer. So I'm not surprised by Flair. I think it's disappointing. I think it's going to ruin his reputation in a lot of circles. Uh, I think there were other people that also came across poorly in that episode. But I look at how the hell that even got out of control to begin with on a flight. It's unacceptable. The reason I brought it up is because if you're a wrestling fan who hasn't seen it or not familiar with it, you should check it out because it's a really, really well done show. And that's a really good episode. And they have a bunch of episodes coming up this season. I, the producers have wanted to come on the pod. We haven't worked it out. But if you're a wrestling fan, it's a must watch. Um, and yeah, I mean, what I find fat, what I found most fascinating about that episode is all this stuff was going on on the plane and Vince McMahon was on the plane. So that's what I found bizarre about the just whole sitting there doing process. nothing apparently in in you know the, the front of the plane they the the reason why the episode deserves a ton of credit they had firsthand accounts from everybody including right. the um what do you flight call it attendant. the air, flight the, attendant the flight attendant right including yeah, yeah. the flight attendant who was dealing yeah. with this stuff so you know and, and jim ross from, i thought was well, he was great on that. yeah he, he was great he was open honest had re regret so it is a must watch if if you have any interest in that stuff all right. Final train of thoughts topic, and then we'll read some Apple reviews. So it was a big Jimmy and Sal weekend because I went to his house Sunday to watch football. Friday, we took a ride in from Long Island into Manhattan. That's right. And in the car ride, we were talking about how we both need to get new computers. I was this podcast I was going to be very late because my computer is slow as shit. <laughs> and we were talking about how we need new computers. And then you said something about getting a new iPad. And I said to you, why don't you get a laptop? And your exact quote to me was, quote, I don't fuck with laptops, <laughs> end quote. And then you did some gyration about laptop. Give me your anti-laptop stance for the people here, please. I just don't. I've never been a fan of having to have the computer on your lap and trying to use the keyboard and whatever mouse and the touchpad thing. I, I can't stand it. I'd rather have the desktop on my desk, plain and center, right in front of me. I could use the mouse whichever way I like. The keyboard is right there, nice and comfy. I don't like eating on my lap without a table there. I don't like using the, the keypad for uh, a laptop. So no, and I much right, rather have the, the iPad. A simple touchpad. The comparison isn't the iMac to the laptop. It's the iPad to the laptop. But don't the iPad, the no, key, no keyboard, right, other than the screen. So I don't have to worry right. about the – and even that sometimes gets a little tricky when you have the thing that, you know, the, the, the fold-out thing, the stand for the iPad. You can't put that on your lap comfortably. It never sits there, ever. 
So you have to figure out that you, you can't, why am I going to have it on my lap? I'm going to put it on the desk or on a table on the side. So, and I'd much rather have the touchscreen for the iPad and I'm, See, I move I, it everywhere. I bring it with me with ease, you know, uh, whether I'm giving myself a haircut or in the <laughs> shower, I got the TV right there. It's perfect. I don't need, who needs a laptop? It's inconvenient. One of the worst takes I've ever heard. See, I, th this all came up in the car ride because I have an iPad and I told Sal, I never use it. I never use it because I hate typing on the screen. I like the keyboard. Okay. But, but, I but just don't want, you find I, it uncomfortable on your lap? I don't find it uncomfortable at all. And I just really wanted people to get your take on this because it's hysterical. And also, if I'm going to watch a show, like let's say I'm going to stream something and watch it, I'll put the laptop on a stand, on a table. Or, right, but then you know, why wouldn't you just use an iPad? Because I like, because there's things I, I could also work on my laptop. I could also write things, you know, buy things. You know, I use the laptop for everything. I've just the never, the, the main reason is I've never liked the <sighs> typing on my lap. It's just so uncomfortable to me. I, I need a desk. I need to put it on a desk anyway. I might as well get the desktop. I need every single person listening to this to send us tweets about this. Like, where do you, like, I need to know your opinion, where you stand. I want everyone. And most responding. people love that crap. You guys love that. Uh, the, the, what do you call it? The oh, uh, yeah. laptop. It's, yeah, it's the so laptop. radical to like a laptop. It's you really, guys, but outlandish. But people behavior. love it. They can't get enough of it. Spending <laughs> thousands of dollars. I'm like, why would you do that little? Well, it's not, thing? first of all, it's not thousands of dollars. You just totally, it's, it, I think I paid like, I don't know, 800 or 1200 for a MacBook Air that I bought in 2012 and still works. It's like 1500 bucks. If you go shopping now, all right, even if it's over a thousand, I could get my Mac desktop for the same thing. The bigger screen is much more convenient. Yeah, you can't run around. I'm not that, arguing. But... I'm not arguing desktop versus laptop. All right, so you're, arguing... you're iPad. And me, me personally, I, if I want something portable, see, the laptop is in between. So I go desktop is all, all right. in for the big thing. Yeah. And then the iPad, small, portable, very easy to fold it I up, want, bring it with you. If, if you're still listening at this point, I want comments, email, tweet. I don't care. Just get them to me. All right. Let's read some reviews here from Apple. They're coming in. They're good. Um, let's see what we got here. And if you send it out, if you write a review on Apple, I will read it on the podcast. So here we go. This is what we got the past week. Jimmy gets, this is a Joey bag of donuts, 412. Jimmy gets the best guests and has the best interviews. Whoever tells you to drop the wrestling guests should be arrested. <laughs> now, that's a good review since Daniel Bryan's on this podcast. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Did you uh, already tape that interview yet? I did. Okay. DP23345. Best podcast moment of 2021. When you told Richard Deitch on his podcast that he was talking way too wait, taking way too long in asking a question. It was so true. Great mix of guests. Not a fan of WWE, but that's what the fast forward button is for. Thanks. One review <laughs> says the people who don't want the wrestling should get arrested. This person says not a fan of the WWE. Yeah, I went on Deitch's podcast. And Deitch, who works for The Athletic now, takes like 10 minutes to ask a question. And I told him it's taken way too long and I, he's got to speed it up. You told uh, him that live while he was asking the question. That's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. We got uh, Steve Polly here. Jimmy Trainer does a nice job with all the scheduling scenarios. This is a Chris Russo guy right here. You can hear great guests like Joe Buck and Tony Romo. I'm not a wrestling guy, but if you're a wrestling guy, lots of wrestling. I don't know the names, but all the big stars. The addition of Sal Licata has been a good one. Not great, but good. We've got to be honest. The gambling picks are shaky. If you follow too many, you'll get your fanny spank. Say something funny, Jimmy. That is a Chris Russo. Here's the thing. The, I don't feel like I do that much. I mean, uh, Daniel Bryan's on this podcast, but I don't feel like I do too much wrestling. 
I agree. I don't think that you do either. I think that just some people, I mean, you, you post links sometimes or you do reference it, but I don't think it's over the top. If I had to put a percent, what, 10% wrestling, 20%. He said you were good, not great. Do you get upset by that? I know you're very sensitive. No, I think it was more of a, you know, a Mike and dog thing. Good, not great. And he is right about the picks. I mean, everywhere you turn, people are giving out picks, which is absurd. Exactly. Why would anybody listen to that? And by the way, coming up, we'll give you our picks. Exactly. Sal's doing well, though. I'm not. B-Ring 23. Lest anybody think Jimmy is some farcical no-name host as the founder of SI's Hot Clicks. He has been a sports and pop culture maven for years, not counting when he disappeared for a while, circa 2014 to 15. Okay, there's a lot in that first sentence. One, love the Al Michaels, less than farcical references. Absolutely love it. I also love anybody that read Hot Clicks. Best time of my life. Most fun ever. Anyone who mentions hot clicks, you almost make me tear up. I love all those people. They were the best readers and so loyal. You know, I still uh, have does- a, um, I have a, a framed printout of a hot clicks column that you mentioned me in before we were even friends. Where I was doing the, the Sal special with Mike and the Mad Dog. I have it right on my office wall still. So I, I'd upgrade. I love I'd upgrade your memorabilia if that's <laughs> it. Yeah. <right>, <laughs> <laughs> this guy continues. He does an amazing interview in that he does not overly fun over his big name guests and allows them to speak uninterrupted. That's funny because the criticism I was getting is that I interrupt everyone. He's also great with his regular contributors like the now paywalled Andrew Marshan, also on this podcast this, this week, uh, with whom he has great rapport. His new segment with Salakata sounds like two guys at the bar who wouldn't mind if you joined in on their conversation. Oh, I would mind. The first part of that is right. The second part, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we do sound like two guys at a bar. We would mind if you do. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyway, their segment is a fun mix of sports, pop culture, and stories about their Long Island friends, Diesel, Axel, and Gennaro. Great listen. Gennaro's in Michigan, but um, I do love Gennaro. No, we wouldn't, we wouldn't tell you to go away, but no. I, I don't know. I, I, you get recognized because you're on TV. Yeah, and Have I don't mind have you had any awkward moments with someone recognizing you since you're on no, SNY? No, the only thing that can get awkward, I, I think sometimes people maybe recognize a face and they don't know the name right away. So, hey, you're that. I'm like, yeah. Or people are either afraid to say it or unsure. And for me, it's weird because I don't walk around thinking, oh, I'm going to get recognized today. I'm, I'm in my own world. Half the time, I don't even you know somebody saying, so, hey, what's up? And I'm like, what, what's up? What can I do for you? you know, the other day in Costco, actually, somebody comes up to me. He's like, oh, you live on Long Island? And I'm like, yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I watch every night. I just thought that that was like a weird intro, but I don't have any yeah. problem. I love when people come up to me and, and say something. I got Ramblin Photographer. This is a pod to look forward to each week to read Jimmy's thoughts in SI to appreciate his insight. The pod contains interviews with some of them, some who wrote interesting books and some who are fascinating personalities. Jimmy's style is both professional and conversational. Even when he has sports entertainment people, I find them intriguing. The best is the conversations with Sal. It's weekly appointment listening. There you go. Appreciate that. Very nice All reviews. Right. Uh, and then we got Wonderland. Jimmy, it's Tommy T from Twitter. As someone who is trying to break into the industry, I love this podcast for your insights and stories. You always have great guests that follow with one, with spectacular conversations. One thing I really enjoy is the train of thought segment with you and Sal. I know you guys are from New York, but fly, Eagles, fly, keep on going. Pretty good. Another good review. Don't get into and... the business. Get out. No, I'm just kidding. Don't want to discourage you, but it is nasty. And then this is the last one. That's a good point. I'm writing this review. This is Kenny H. and Florida. I'm writing this review solely for the purposes of imploring Jimmy to keep up the string of great WWE and AEW guests on the pod. His interview with John Cena two years ago, where Jimmy was motivated to never give up pursuing a rock interview is one of the more inspiring things I've ever heard. 
to the point where I re-listen to it when I'm in a bad mood. It's that good. Meanwhile, the train of thought segment with Sal is super entertaining, truly organic and natural conversation between friends. Even as a lifelong Phillies fan, the Mets and Yankees stuff really delivers. Also, P.S. Please get Sour Shoes Mike in as a guest. He actually knows his sports more than anyone I've heard on the radio. Highly recommend the show. I, I can't get Sour Shoes because he's, he doesn't commit to like a time. We've I tried years ago, but it doesn't work. He's a little out there. You want to and... get him like as straight Sour Shoes or is it? No, 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 no. No, like to do all the voices. All right. And then um, the other part of that, John Cena came in studio to do the pod a couple of years ago. It was one of the best ones I've ever done. He's a great guy. And I do recommend listening to that. He was, he I, was really, really good. I remember listening to that. And I remember the specific part that that guy's talking about where he was saying, well, if you want the rock that bad, get on a plane and go do it. Right. And right. yeah, I, 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 that yeah. was a great interview. You're right. That was one it of was. the great ones you've had. All right. So those are the Apple reviews for this week. Keep them coming. We'll read them next week. Uh, all the new ones. We'll do this quickly. NFL picks. Sal was two and one last week with the Giants and Bucks. He lost the Jets. I was one and two for the second week in a row. I had the uh, over in the Chiefs Ravens, which was a winner. And then I lost Rams uh, minus three and a half. They only won by three. And I lost the over in the Saints Panthers game. So, Sal, what are your three best bets for this week? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go back to the well again, and if I don't, if the Jets don't cover this week, I'm never picking them again. Mark my word. Ten and a half is way too many points. I don't care that it's on the road. I don't think the Jets are as bad as that, and I don't think Denver's as good as that. So give me the Jets plus ten and a half. Uh, I'll take the Rams plus one and a half as well, with or without Antonio Brown. Doesn't matter to me. I think that's going to be one of the best games of the weekend. I, I just and the Bucks have been great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the Rams defense, I just feel like, and Bucks aren't going undefeated. I feel like the Rams at home getting a point and a half, they can run the football when they need to, and that'll be a big challenge against that Buccaneers defense. I don't know. My gut feeling here is I like the Rams plus one and a half. And then I'm going to go, do we do we do Monday night or you want me to do Sunday night? I have two here. Yeah, you can do it, whatever you want to do, whichever is your best bet. I'm going to go Dallas minus four Monday night. I, I don't, and Philadelphia is good, but now losing Graham, that's a big loss. I, I think that, let me rephrase that. I don't think Philadelphia is good. I think they're better than the awfulness that we expected. I think Dallas is really one of the best teams in the NFC. And at home, laying four on Monday night football, uh, I think that's going to be too much for Philadelphia. So Jets plus 10.5, Rams plus 1.5, Dallas on Monday night minus four. All right, we have none of the same game, so I like that. I'm going to go with Washington plus seven and a half at Buffalo. I'm in on Taylor Heineke. I think the guy is really, really, really good. I think their defense is good, I and I like getting that extra hook there on the seven and a half with Buffalo. I know they're coming off that big win, but if you watch them against the Dolphins, the Dolphins lets Tua, that game got, that was not a real game, basically, once that happened. So I like Washington plus seven and a half on the road. Raiders minus four. I'm not fully buying into the Raiders at two and oh, but their offense is very good. This is more of an anti-Dolphins pick. Jacoby Brissett looked like he did not belong in the NFL last week. So I will take the Raiders minus four. And then I'm going to take the Niners minus three and a half against the Packers. I'm not going to be sold that everything's great with the Packers because they beat the Lions who are pathetic every year. Um, I think the Niners... This is their uh, first home game of the season. They're two East Coast games. They're, I think they will get the – listen, if, if, if the Niners are not going to win this game, I, it's hard to buy into them in that tough division. I think this is a big, big game for them. I think they're going to go all out here. And again, you know, the, the Packers still have to show me something. I can't get worked up about a win over the Lions at home. So those are my three picks. All right, Sal. Thanks as always. We'll see you next week and uh, enjoy the iPad and the iMac. 
No, no laugh. <laughs> I can't wait for the feedback on that. I'm sure uh, I'm going to rip it apart. All right. We'll talk to you next right. week. Bye. All right. My thanks to Brian Danielson, Andrew Marshan, Sal Licata. Very, very enjoyable show. If you liked it, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. I'll read it in Train of Thoughts next week. And uh, a couple of great episodes in the archives from recent weeks. Jimmy Kimmel and Cousin Sal were on last week. Two weeks ago, Tony Romo joined the SI Media Podcast. So check those out. And again, subscribe, rate, and review. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Stay safe and take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.